Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, if we've never met, my name is Mark. So great to be with you. And can you believe Christmas is finally here? As you heard earlier, I'm actually at Enchant. And Enchant is this larger than life light maze. When I say larger than life, check this out. Four million lights to be exact. I mean, it's like, wow, talking about going all out for Christmas. Well, whether you go all out for Christmas or you're not really sure what Christmas is gonna be like for you this year, thank you for spending part of your Christmas here with us. You ever do something only to realize that there was so much more to it than what you realized? A few months ago, I was talking to a guy at the gym and he began telling me that his wife teaches yoga. And I just opened up my big mouth and I said, well, I've always wanted to try yoga. And you know what? I have always wanted to try yoga. I've been encouraged to do it because I've, I've got back issues and yoga was supposed to be good for it. But I had this perception in my mind of what a yoga class was like. And my perception kind of went like this. It said, you go into this room and all this weird music would be playing and incense w- was burning. And, uh, and then there'd be all these people and they were like in full spandex. And then they were just sitting on this mat, mat doing these stretches while all the while chanting. Now, I'm more of a lift it, compete type of guy, and so the thought of yoga was just not very appealing to me. But since I had opened up my big mouth and thrown myself out there, I mean, I was committed to go, and I was able to convince my wife to go with me. And so we go to this class, and, and we walk into this room, and much to my surprise, no weird music, no incense, no chanting, and for the next hour, My body is twisting and turning in positions that I I didn't realize it could do. And we get to the last two minutes of the class and and the person who's teaching the class, she says, okay, you can just lay down and close your eyes and relax. Well, I do that and I almost fall asleep because I am that tired. And here's the thing, I actually liked it. There was more to it than what I had thought. And here's the thing, that's not just a story for me. We all have a story like that, where we had a perception of something or someone only later to discover that our perception was much different than reality. And do you know where for many of us, this is actually happening in our life right now and we don't even realize it? With God. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, you have a picture in your mind of what God is like. And I can prove it to you. What's your answer to this question? When you think of God, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, for many of us, when we think of God, we think God is distant. You know, you look at the world or more importantly, your world, and you're just thinking, you know, if if God was here and he cared, then why would all this bad stuff happen? And why would all this bad stuff happen to me? Maybe you have a story where you prayed for God to heal a loved one or to save your marriage or maybe to provide you a a child or a spouse, or maybe for God to protect you from someone who was hurting you. And you know what? Nothing happened. 
and God seemed absent or at best distant. Or for many of us, when we think of God, we think God is anti, that God is just against a bunch of stuff. You know, that God is anti-science, that you can't follow Jesus and believe in science all at the same time, because if you believe in science, well, that means that you don't have faith. And so God is definitely anti-science. Or maybe you believe that God is against certain groups of people, that you can't vote a certain way or believe in certain things because God is definitely against those groups of people. And maybe you consider yourself to be in one of those groups. And so for you, you don't want anything to do with anti-God. This is a big one. God is anti-fun. Now, this is a big one for me, and I know it's a, a big one for a lot of others. I thought that to become a follower of Jesus, that you were signing your life away to, an, to a bunch of no's. It was like, if it's fun, the answer is no. Can I drink beer? No. Can I play fantasy football? No, 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 that's got the word fantasy in it. Hey, can I have stuff and can I strive for success? No, 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 that's worldly. It's like, well, if it's fun, the answer is no. I, I can remember before following Jesus, I would talk to people about following Jesus. And I remember thinking in my mind, man, you signed up for the NFL, no fun life. And it was like, no, thank you. You know, for many of you, when you think of God, you think God is disappointed with you. You know, there, there's a big difference between someone being mad at you and someone who is disappointed in you. Like many kids and teenagers, I did a lot of things and my parents got mad at me, which is no big deal. However, in my senior year of high school, I made a series of really bad decisions. I was lying to my parents, I was skipping school, drinking, among other things, and eventually I got caught. And I can still remember to this day where I was when my dad said these words, Mark, I am really disappointed in you. I mean, there's just a heaviness about that. You know, for many of us, we look at our lives and, you know, we've, we've done some really bad things or maybe we think that we've just not done enough and so we've fallen way short. And every day we live with looking at our lives and thinking God's looking at our lives and going, I'm really disappointed in you. Here's something I've noticed about all of us when it comes to God. Our perception of God often keeps us from God. You know, if your perception of God is like any of those I've just mentioned earlier, well, I don't blame you for keeping God at arm's length. And so here's what I wanna do today. I wanna try to give you a different perception of God. And my hope is, is that you will discover that there is so much more to God than you might think there is. Now to get us there, I wanna look at the most popular verse in the entire Bible, John 3:16. When you're watching a football game and you see someone holding up a sign that says 316, sorry wrestling fans, that's not Austin 316 they're referring to, they're referring to John 316. And here's a little background. John 316 was written by John who was one of Jesus's closest disciples. And leading into that verse, John records this fascinating conversation that Jesus has with a, someone who is spiritually curious. And he keeps throwing out all these things about, about who he thinks God is and what he thinks God's like. And Jesus keeps going, there's more to it than that. There's more to him than that. There's more to him than that. And then after this conversation, it's like John zooms out for us and he gives us a commentary of things. And his commentary of things is what gives us 
John 3.16. And so we're going to look at the entire verse and I'm just going to break it down. Here's how it begins. John writes, for God. Let me ask you, what are you for? You know, you might be for family. You might be for friendships. You might be for vacations on the beach, especially right now. Uh, you might be for the Packers again, and you're relieved because you weren't for them a couple games ago, but now they're winning, and now you can be for them again. You might be for Christmas. You know, if you're guys, you're for next day delivery, and you know what? You're really for gift cards. Praise God for gift cards. I mean, we all have things that we're for. And here's what we don't think about. What we're for reveals what truly matters to us. Do you know what the most popular verse in the Bible is all about? Not what God is against, not anti, but what God is for. And John's going to tell us what truly matters to God. And so he writes, for God so loved. Now, I would bet you've heard someone say, God loves you. I mean, we've heard it so many times that it's kind of lost its meaning to us. Growing up, I can't tell you how many times, just as a kid and as a teenager, I, I would have my mom or relatives or my mom's friends, and they would say, oh, you get your eyes from your mom. You get your eyes from your mom. I mean, I just heard it tons of times. Uh, as a teenager, there were times where I'd have all my friends over, you know, and we'd be doing stuff. And then one of my mom's friends in front of everybody would go, oh, you get your eyes from your mom. Listen, no teenage boy, at least that I knew, wanted to be told that they got anything from their mom except money. Now you fast forward and I'm an adult and I look at my mom and then I, I look in the mirror and I go, you know what? I really did get my eyes from my mom. Here's something I bet you you've never thought about. We are all made in the image of God, which means that all of our human characteristics that bring us life, they come from God. For example, we all desire peace and joy and connection and purpose. You ever ask yourself, where did that come from? They, we get those things and we get those desires from God. And you know what? The, the very highest human characteristics that we all long for, you know what that is? Love. That we all want to love and to be love. Where did we get that desire from? We get that from God because God is love. And so when John writes, for God so loved, he's saying that there is an experience of love that we all desire that no person can give us. That that love can only come from God because love itself comes from God. Well, what does God love? Well, John's going to tell us. He said, for God so loved the world. Now, we all know at Christmas time, nativities are mega popular. I mean, we see them all over the place. I want to show you a picture of one that, that I found. Here, here it is. Take a look at this. I mean, check this out for a minute. You have all the animals there, and they are perfectly behaved. I mean, they're just kind of laying around, just, you know, once again, just nothing's going on here. And then you have this woman on the side, and she has a lamb around her neck. Now, I don't know what that's all about, but man, that's just kind of creepy when you, when you think about it. And, and then you have this angel. This angel's just kind of a part of the activity, and you know what? No one's thinking anything of it. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but every nativity 
paints this picture that everything was perfect on that first Christmas. Now, while these type of nativities make great Christmas de decorations, <laughs> they are nothing like what the first Christmas was like. Trust me, it was not a silent night. You see, Jesus was born in a barn. Now, I, I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a barn that hadn't been cleaned in a while, that was filled with stinky animals that smelt good? And then you have these, these, these dudes that pop onto the scene and they just kind of randomly show up. We call them shepherds. And we, you know, in the Tivities, they're like, oh, they're like really nice, gentle. Trust me, you didn't want these guys showing up randomly anywhere in your life. And then here you have Mary and Joseph and they're giving birth. And most likely their family wasn't with them because they wanted nothing to do with them at that time. And so here they are all alone. You know, if, we were to try to sell nativities based on what the, the, the real first Christmas was like, let me tell you something. You know, they wouldn't sell very well because we want neat and perfect and it was anything but neat and perfect. The first Christmas was messy and lonely and it was filled with disappointment and uncertainty and fear. Those nativities might not sell very well, but I was thinking about this. I, those are the ones that all of us can relate to because all of our stories are messy and they are far from perfect. You know, for some of us, we live every single day with the consequences of a decision we made years ago and that we'll live with those consequences the rest of our lives. Or, or maybe you're struggling with an addiction or there's someone in your family that's struggling with addiction that it just seems that the thing will never be broken. Or maybe your family's falling apart or maybe your family already has fallen apart. Or maybe you recently received news from the doctor that's gonna change your life forever. Or you lost a job or you lost a loved one and you just still can't get over that. You know, maybe you're like Mary and Joseph and you live with loneliness every single day. John reminds us that God stepped into our messy and broken world because he loves our world, because he loves people. And not just people at a macro level, but at a very personal level. In other words, he loves you. There are things about your life that nobody else knows, but God knows and he loves you anyways. In fact, there is no one who could ever love you more than God loves you. Well, how do we know that God loves us? Well, John tells us, he said, for God so loved the world, what did he do? That he gave. You know, a big part of Christmas is giving. It's the giving of gifts. Now, show of hands. How many of you are re-gifters? Come on, just show your hands. Listen, Jesus sees that hand. Jesus sees that hand. Now, a little mass confession for you here. We're regifters. Okay, Donna and I are. A couple of weeks ago, we were going through this closet, and Donna picks out this item, which I'm not going to tell you what it is because you may have gotten it from a gift for us. And she she picks out this item, and she goes, "Who gave you this?" And I go, "I don't know, but man, who are we going to give that to?" Here's the thing about giving. Our giving reveals the level of our loving. You know, if you ever want to know uh, how much you love someone or how much they love you, see how much giving and sacrifice is going on in the relationship because our level of giving reveals our level of loving. And John's about to tell us just the level 
of how much God loves us. He says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Christians believe that God is Trinity. Trinity means that there is one God who exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what makes Christmas so mind-boggling? What makes Christmas so amazing? We celebrate Christmas because Jesus the Son came into our world. Is there anyone in your life that you would do anything for? A few months ago, uh, my wife Donna was struggling with uh, an eye issue in her left eye. Was, she was starting to lose her sight and then it was starting to spread over into her, her other eye. And so we went to see an eye specialist. And uh, the eye specialist is telling us what he thinks is going on and that she's got a degenerative issue and that she, if she didn't get treatment, that she, she would potentially lose her sight. You know what the treatment was? The treatment was she would get a shot in each eye once a month for the next few months. Now, I, I'm afraid of eat needles, and so I even think about that still, and I just, I kind of get the heebie-jeebies just, just thinking about it. And so he tells us of the treatment, he says, well, we need to start the treatment now. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, do you want to stay in this room while she gets shots in her eyes? <laughs> and I go, heck no, honey, I love you. I'll be praying in, in the lobby room, good luck. And I bolt out of there. Now, let's just say this happened. Let's just say the, the, the doctor said, Okay, the treatments are still shots in each eye. However, Mark, you can get the shots or Donna can get the shot. Mark, you choose. Here's the thing. I wouldn't give it a thought. I would do it. I would take the shots because I love my wife so much that I would do anything for her. When I asked earlier and I said, what do you think God is like? My guess would be no one says, I think God would do anything for me. But I have this picture of, of God. And that the moment that sin separated us from God, in heaven, God the Father said, okay, who's going to redeem humanity? And Jesus the Son said, I will. And the Father said, do, do you know what, what that's going to cost you? Yes, I do. Well, do you know what that's going to cost us? I do. Then why go? And I believe Jesus the Son said this, because either I die for their sins or they die for their sins. And God didn't even give it a second thought. And he said, I'm going to do it because I love them that much that I'll do anything for them. Now, John then switches gears. And he switches gears to focus more now on, on what this means for us. And he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, believes in Jesus. And the word believes uh, gives this idea of to trust in or to literally to lean your weight onto something. The reality is, is that every single one of us already trusts in something or someone that we think is going to give us life. You know, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your kids or the hope of having kids. It might be a career. It might be, might be stuff. It might be money. It might be a political party. We all have something. And John's about to tell us what will happen, what we will experience 
if we trust in Jesus with our life. And he says that whoever believes in him shall not perish. And the word perish just means to separate. Literally, that we are separated from God because of our sins. Now, we, we hear the word sins, and we often think that means, oh, it means I just really, I, I do some really bad stuff. Well, sin is much more than that. Sin means to, to miss the mark. Sin is choosing to live outside of the life that God created us to live. And as a result, we step outside of a relationship with God. Now, you might, you might say, well, I don't really believe in the whole sin thing, but you know what, you, you, you catch the idea because here's what I know you've probably said. I'm not perfect. The problem is, God is. And so we all need help to close the gap of separation that exists between God and us because of our sin. We all know that we need forgiveness. And so John says that whoever believes in him, believes in Jesus, shall not be separated from God, but have eternal life. Now that phrase eternal life, when we hear that, we think of the afterlife. We think of going to heaven when we die. And you know what? That's true, but only partially true. If you notice, he doesn't say will have, he says have. See, here's what's eternal life. Eternal life means life with God, both in this life right here and in the next life. Let me go back to something that I mentioned, mentioned earlier. We all love, and maybe you'll experience this later at Christmas, we all love to be around a fire and just to laugh and connect with those that we love. We all have a desire for impact and purpose. And we all want to be fully known and fully loved. And whether you realize it or not, we all wanna know God. And we wanna know his grace and forgiveness in our life. And our tendency is to disconnect those experiences and desires from God. But where did those come from? Better question, who did they come from? They came from God, which means they find their fullness in Him. Eternal life means you were created by God on purpose, for a purpose, and you will only find life in Him. For God so loved you that He gave His very best, His one and only Son, He gave Himself, that whoever leans into Him, whoever trusts in Him with their life, they're going to be separated from God but they will have eternal life. In other words, they can experience life with God both in this life and the next. I recently heard a story of a man who was badly injured in a fire. Uh, he was actually trying to, his, his parents were in this house and he was trying to get into the house and save his parents. But unfortunately, he didn't get there in time and his parents didn't make it. And while trying to save saving them, he burnt his face so badly that it disfigured most of his face. And the man was so devastated, both by the loss of his parents and the disfiguring of his face, that he wrongly interpreted what had happened to him, that God was, was punishing him for some of the things that he did in his life. And so as a result, he just disconnected from everything and everyone, and that included his wife. Well, his wife went to see a plastic surgeon. And the plastic surgeon said, I, I can restore his face. But the wife was reluctant. You see, he had, he had refused help before and she thought he was gonna continue to refuse help. 
Well, the plastic surgeon was like, well, why, why did you have the appointment then? And she said, well, I didn't want you to do anything with him. I actually wanted you to disfigure my face so I could look like him. You see, I'm hoping that if I share in his pain, then maybe I'm hoping that he will let me back into his life. Well, the plastic surgeon refused her request, but he was so moved by this woman's love for her husband that he did something that he had never done before. He went personally to see him. And he, he, he went to his apartment, he knocked on the door, and he said, hey, I can restore your face. Silence. Waited for a little bit, then knocked on the door again, and he said, hey, listen, I can really help you. No response. And then finally, he just, he just laid it all out there. He said, hey, I just want to let you know that your wife came to see me earlier, and she wanted me to disfigure her face so she could look like you in hopes that she could share your pain and that that would open the door and that you would allow her back into your life again. That's how much she loves you. Well, there was a moment of silence and eventually the doorknob slowly turned and out stepped the man and he started to receive the help that he had refused that entire time. What do you think of when you think of God? The way that woman felt about her husband is the way that God feels about you times a thousand. It's why we celebrate Christmas. God came into this world in the, in the person of Jesus. And then eventually he went to the cross. And he, when he's on the cross, he said, I'm going to disfigure my body because of your sins in hopes that you will let me back into your life because that's how much I love you. Some of you, you follow Jesus, but that is a very different picture of God than you have. And, here, and if that's you, here, here's what I want you to do. Over the holidays, I want you to memorize John 3.16. And I'm, I'm hoping as that gets up here and gets into your heart, what's going to happen is you're going to replace that old inaccurate picture of God that is actually keeping God at arms, having you keep God at arm's length. And it's going to replace it with a new one and the real one that'll actually move you towards God. You know, for others of you, you're not following Jesus and you're going, I, I've never heard that before. There's way more to it than what I thought. And so you're curious. If that's you, I, I want to encourage you to do something. As the calendar changes years to 2024, I want to just encourage you, start going to church in 2024 and learn more. In fact, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Give it three months. Give it through Easter. Because here's the thing. If it's true that God is for you, that means it's going to change everything for you. That means it's everything different about you and your life in ways that you didn't even know were possible. But others of you, you're hearing this and you're going, you know what, there's way more, more to it. And you know what, that's what I have been searching for. And you're ready to take the step and make a decision to follow Jesus, to do what John said, and that is to put your trust in Jesus and what he's done for you. And so I want to give you a chance to do that. And the way that we do that is this is just 
a, a conversation that you have with God and that you say, I am in, I am ready to do that and place my life in your hands. And so I, I'm gonna pray for us. My prayer is not magic words. It's just gonna let it be a guide for you. Father, uh, I do believe that you sent your son and Christmas was the start of that, but wasn't the end of that. That eventually he went to the cross, died for my sins, and then he rose from the dead. And God, I admit, I, I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I believe that Jesus is my savior. And so right this moment, God, I place my life in your hands. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your spirit. And God, starting at this moment, I am going to start leaning into trusting in Jesus and following him with my life. God, I thank you that Christmas is all about gifts and I have discovered the greatest gift of them all. And that is you sending your son for me to show me that you love me and that you will do anything for me. And as a result, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you, God, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.